Hello, hello, hello. I am Dr. Andrea Greiner. And I'm Katie Corbin. Welcome to the Dreams to Dollars podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs and professionals who are on their way to actualizing their dreams into reality. Join us in this lighthearted and unique podcast where we talk about business, success, life, and building a deeper trust in God and the universe. We are here to elevate the conversation and bring the magic to build your legacy. We're excited for you to be here. Can't wait to dive in. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode five. We're going to talk about breaking barriers to success today. So I really want to talk about this first aspect of success. And it can feel like success has many different realms it can be in. And everybody has like a different definition of what success means to them. I want you to think about like as our listeners too as well, like what does success mean to you? And it could be, well, success means that I'm making this amount of money and it means I'm doing what I want to do in life. And it means that I have the time for myself and my children and my family And it means that I can take a vacation whenever I want. And it means that you could fill in the blank anywhere that you desire here. But it's funny when it comes to success, sometimes it's put up on this like pedestal of like, when I reach a million dollars, that means that I'm successful. When I reach half a million dollars, when I reach a billion dollars, when I reach, there's like this number that can be like a defining of success. Like when my net worth gets to this space, then I am successful. It's almost like chasing this almost like movable target. So it's nice to be able to define success in the way that you want it to be. So that could be, well, it's making a certain amount of money and it's having a certain significance in the world and it's making an impact on people. And it's also having the time for myself and my family to enjoy life and being able to take two or three vacations a year or maybe being on vacation most of the year and working only a certain amount of times in the year. Like It can be whatever you desire, but if you don't have your own definition of success defined, it's almost like you're allowing something else to define it for you. Think about what that means for you and then how the more defined and redefined, right? We could actually change our definition of success 20 years ago. Even like for me, it was very different than my definition of success right now. So it doesn't have to be this permanent definition that carries you with you throughout your entire life. But if you have no definition of what success means to you, you're aiming at like a moving target or it's just a blurred line or you're letting somebody else ultimately define what success is to you. I'm going to sneak in here just with like even a little twist and like what if you decided you were successful today and then it wasn't something outside of you. So we could say, oh, a 500k year, that's success. But what also could you decide today that like you already are successful? So you're not this like constant chase for this thing that like you actually all of us are define success and also know that like in this moment I am successful I'm a good mom I'm a good CEO I'm all of these things so set your definition of success and like what if you could feel that today so it didn't feel like I just want to get there I just want so many entrepreneurs can be like I just want to get there I just want to get there and what if you already decided that today in this moment you have a definition of success that you are living. 
and that might look different. And then you can also have a big definition of success. So I want to just bring that in as a little tweak in there because that will change the energy of your day when you already wake up and you're like, I'm successful. And now what else? And we're going to break some barriers to success. Yeah. And I think even just having some kind of idea that's yours, and that's what these both go back to, where it's like, it's your idea versus somebody else's definition of what it takes. And then you're chasing something that you may not even want. <laughs> like, yeah, like how totally. people will get to the space of like, chasing that thing that somebody else told you was successful. And then you get there and you're like, this is not even what I wanted. Like, this is not even bring me joy or happiness or fulfillment or vitality or whatever. It's like when you start to define it for yourself in whatever way you do define it, it's going to change the game for you. It's going to change the way you wake up every morning. And you can even say like, yes, I am successful to this space. And then, and also what else do I desire in my life? But what else do I, not somebody else outside of me? So, you know, when you read like books on success too, as well, it's like 10x this and habit that and perform this and do this, and then you're going to be successful. And then you like, you can do all those things and maybe it moves the needle for you or it gets you to a different place. But if you're not defining it for yourself, you end up being in the same place you were before, just maybe with a little bit more money or a little bit more time or whatever it is. So I do think that it's sort of like the definition of like intended success. Like what do you intend or what is your intention for success that you desire? And like, for me, it's like success for me is not just a number. Like, of course, numbers matter, but it's also the way that I feel on the daily basis. It's the freedom that I desire to wake up every morning and be able to have some kind of structure, but being like, I could take a vacation if I wanted to tomorrow. That freedom to go like that ability or being like, oh, my kids want to go somewhere I can go. Like that is a definition outside of the number of success. Now, numbers do matter, clearly. But it's like the intended level of success. And I think this is almost like the big definition, right, of breaking barriers. It's like if you can, then you get to break your own barrier of success. Well, I got to this certain place and now I want to redefine success for myself. And that's going to look like this in the next year because I'm going to implement X, Y, and Z. So it's nice to have a definition of success that's internal. Like Andrea even said, like it's internal. I'm successful. I allow myself to also want more, to be more, to tweak things and make things even better. But at the same time, it's not an external definition of success that we're just reaching for and just dangling carrot, right? Like outside of us, like running for this carrot and this carrot is never, I'm not going to actually ever get to it. But I feel like that's almost like the hamster wheel of success. But when you can define it for yourself, it's a very different feeling that you're going towards. Awesome. I love that. So let's go into, we have several different areas of what barriers are there. This is not limited to just these barriers, obviously. These are what really came up for what we see and what we experience in ourselves and our clients. So really a big one. So first you redefine your idea of success and really from a place for you, you know, not something outside of yourself and really like identifying belief patterns around success. And this can look like where are you sacrificing yourself for success? This can look like I can't have X, Y, and Z unless I do this and that. Nobody in my family has ever made more than whatever, 200K. So who am I to make 200K? I mean, I know Katie has many more of these. So take us down that road. Yeah. So I think belief work is like 
very broad. So we can say like beliefs can stem from unconscious patterns. It can stem from behavioral patterns that we've developed over time. But even to like identify what do I believe around success? And maybe even a couple things are coming to your mind right now going like, well, I believe success is hard. I believe that success is scary, or I believe that success has to break me down, or I believe success, everybody's going to go bankrupt that's successful. Or you can even pay attention right to other people's beliefs around success and then go like, do I also believe that when somebody can project a belief externally? So there's so many. So obviously, this is a really broad topic, but we wanted to bring this because your belief and the way that you're thinking around success it's almost like a driver of the way, like driving your car down the road, like you're going to take a right because that's what you believe is to be the right way to go, right? So it's almost like if you can identify that you don't have to take a right turn, you can actually continue to go straight, right? And get to the same destination that you desire, but you're not aware of those patterns of your belief system. A big pattern that a lot of people have is like money doesn't grow on trees, Money, if you have a belief that money doesn't grow on trees, that you have to work hard for your money. And I'm not saying you don't have to work for your money, but that money doesn't grow on trees. But like the concept is also on the other side, like American money literally is a tree, literally paper, and it grows on trees. And you can just print money. Of course, like people can't really print money, but it's like if you break down the beliefs and go, like, that's not really true, though. Is this really true? So you take your belief. And you can break that down and like, is this true? Yes or no. And then it's like, if it is true, you can break it down even more and go like, why do I believe that? But why? Well, I believe that because that's what I've been taught to be true because that's everything that I've experienced in my lifetime. But is that really true though? And then oftentimes that answer can be yes or no. So you can actually take your belief and almost break it into many beliefs and go backwards and go like, well, maybe that's not true. And then from there, it's like, what could be possible? So we get you out of the limitations of the belief and then into the possibilities of what else could be true for you. I feel like for me, just like in my story too, this is not something that just like immediately clicks in. And of course, yes, some of the unconscious work can start to click in, but you can have to work through it in scenarios, right? You know that you're sort of transmuting a lot of your belief systems. If you're presented, like you're working through something and you're presented with a situation and you respond differently, that's actually how you know that your belief system is starting to change. So if you had a belief system that everything has to be super hard and then you're presented with a situation that you could make really hard, but you made it easy and it was easy, you know that you're actually like changing ways that you believe to be true, which is actually really cool where almost like new neural pathways are born. And you're like, actually, I didn't have to make that as complicated as I just thought it had to be. It actually could be super easy. So this is like actually a barrier of success. And there's many different barriers, right? Like when you get to a certain level, you might be breaking some certain mindset barriers, and then you blast past that level. And then you have another level where you're breaking more barriers through that. It's not like we're always having to break in barriers, but you will be presented through your life and through your entrepreneurial journey with challenges, ultimately. And the challenges could be around success mindset. I love this topic because it's actually very workable. I use another term, points of view. You could even say, define your success and what are my points of view about this? And so many of those points of view, just like Katie said, are not yours. There's many different techniques to destroy it and create that. 
And I like both ways of like, okay, where did this belief come from? And is it really true? Like so powerful to get to the depths of it. And you can do this again with like money targets of what you want to implement in your business, your family, your every category of your life that you'd like to see change in and be like, what are my points of view right now that I'm operating from? What are my beliefs? They're somewhat interchangeable. I have clients that work through this and within 30 days, they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize how many beliefs or points of view I have about that thing. That awareness of like writing it down can really shift things. And then again, I've done this with a couple of different groups of like moving through that in 30 days. And what happens at the end of 30 days is just like Katie said, like new neural pathways are there. You recognize when that belief starts to come up, like, oh, that's not mine, or I'm going to operate from a different one. So it's actually very quick. Not everything has to be speedy. I know that. And I'm also a triple Gemini. So I do like a little speed here and there. So I like some of those tools that have like quicker results and also where you're expanding your awareness and your attention. So often we're blindly operating from 20 to 30 belief systems that literally are not ours. What freedom you can really create from identifying and just a bigger, a greater awareness. Oh yeah, that's not mine. Or, oh, that is. And I'm done operating from that belief system. You are that powerful that you get to really create what you want to create from. And sometimes it just takes a decision to go into those spaces of being like, it's just a question of why do I believe that? (laughs) Why am I continuing to choose that? And when you can become aware of that, that's where you can actually break some of your own barriers to some degree. Sometimes that does require something outside of you and meaning that like a reflector or somebody to reflect back. Why are you believing that? Right? Like even just a conversation sometimes can do that. But it is an important space that not only breaks the barrier, but often doesn't loop you back around into those same old patterns if you're sort of um, operating from that system. Now, another one we wanted to address here too as well, there's often this idea of this invisible ceiling in your business. And I find that when people, entrepreneurs, especially where you start to bump up against that invisible ceiling, it's usually like a number ceiling where it's an income and time related ceiling where you're like, I only have so much time or my team only has so much time or um, we only have so much clients or whatever it is. And then you start to bump up an invisible ceiling and you can't actually feel like you can always get past a certain space for a few years being making the same amount of income, doing the same stuff, right? It could be really good. It could be very successful, but there's this barrier that feels like this invisible block that doesn't let you fully go outside of that space. Whether it's $80,000 a year, $250,000 a year, $400,000 a year, $600,000, it doesn't matter, 1 million, 1.5 million, like you'll hit these barriers. And actually like by breaking these barriers, usually what's required most of the time is asking the question of like, something needs to be done differently. (laughs) And oftentimes it can be, right? It could be systems and procedures. There's not enough time in the day to fulfill the requirements, right? So it's like you have to go outside of the time money barrier. It also could be your team needs to expand. You need to actually expand your leadership and your cultivation of your own CEO. And that will bring you outside of these barriers, these invisible ceiling. You may even be like, God, I feel that because I do feel like I only can go to this space income wise and that anything outside of that, 
I sort of bump back down into and I can't break that sort of invisible ceiling. Anything to say on that, Andrea? Not really. I mean, I think that I know it can be frustrating. It's asking more questions. Where are the blocks? And even back to beliefs. What are their beliefs here that I can't break through the ceiling? And what will it take to change it? So yeah, I think you covered that one. Yeah. And it can be frustrating sometimes if you can't, because they're invisible. And this is the thing. It's often invisible to you at the time because you're not fully aware of, you're not fully aware of what you're not aware of until you are. So one question that I always ask myself too, as well is like, what am I aware of that I'm not fully aware of yet? And then often I find that something drops in where it's like somebody to support me in that area, a new system, a new way of doing things, something I'm not seeing, a mentor, like whatever it is that you know that you become aware of, but you're not fully aware of. And this is also can be really felt intuitively. It doesn't have to be always like super logical, like going, well, knowing numbers is great, obviously. Well, I make this much. And then if I just increase this part of my revenue, it's going to double. That's really great. But if you're not aware, right, intuitively not fully aware that that is a space you can go, you're not aware of. It's like a blind spot ultimately in the CEO that can be a barrier to success. Yeah. And I think for Katie and I, just like she said, we'll often ask, okay, well, we know we need assistance in this area. Start to show me who that is. And I have my clients do that too. Like just ask some questions, like literally asking a question. You might see it on a Facebook feed. You might have somebody reach out to you. I have a client be like, oh, she's looking for a VA. And I was like, get really clear on what that is. So we can start to, I already, like that day I saw somebody post about a VA and it's like asking the question around it, where is that sticky area and what will it take to kind of create some space so that we'll move. And Katie and I use this technique quite a bit when we're both in our individual businesses and together because we're just be like, okay, we really want this to happen and it's not happening yet. So we need somebody to help us here or we need this to come in or who's that person. And we just kind of two brains put together and even you can do that while working with us or create like just, it does help. It really creates more movement. So you don't feel like you're bumping up against this literally glass ceiling. Yeah. It's not fun to bump up against glass ceilings. <laughs> no. no, it's not very, <laughs> no. it doesn't feel it's great. So also we wanted to identify too around the barriers of success and we'll share some stories here to make it even more relatable is almost, and Andrea, maybe you could even share a story about this one where we saying, how do you start to identify where support and systems are required in your success? Like how do you even start to identify that and how have you identified that in your journey of entrepreneurship where you need a system or some kind of support system? And how do you fully go like, oh, I need this and this is going to be beneficial for my company? Yeah, I really did this in 2023. And I feel like this was part of the reason we moved to Mexico was I didn't really have the network in Oregon to have a nanny. I have three kids, seven and under. And when I was in Oregon, they were younger. And so in 2023, I was really like, what do I need? You know, my body needs to be on point. I need to have the energy to hold the space for my one-to-one clients and my group programs and what Katie and I are co-creating. And it sounds kind of dorky, but I just created what I call a wellness plan. And what did that look like for me? So these are systems. Right now I have a small team in my business and Katie and I co-create. So my body and like my energy is very important. So I added systems. And for me, it's like the, my support network. So for each within a business, it might be different. You might need 
a new HR, you might need different systems within a business. And this year for me, it was really me systems to support the entrepreneur. And that looked like an amazing nanny that can be here 40 hours a week because my kids are little. I didn't want them in daycare. I want them to be home so I can be with them, but also in my business and have more time off. And that also looked like body support, like massages every week. That looked like having healthy cooked meals because once I had my third child, I literally, something in me just was like, shoot, like not cooking as many meals, just didn't have the energy and the time. So instead I have somebody cook really healthy, affordable meals for us. It also looks like somebody cleaning my house. Now, these are all things that really were systems that helped me break, really triple my income in 2023. So they allowed me to nourish myself to the point that I could do all the things. And now I have a team, so I'm not necessarily doing all the things, but it was getting really clear. And you know, I had some coaching support around this too. Like, what are you a yes to? And what are you a no to? That really helped me be like, I'm not really a yes to cooking a bunch of meals right now. With that, it also comes a little bit with like clearing mom guilt of like, I'm also not a, not a yes to cleaning all that much. Like, I don't feel like I need to be the one cleaning the house. Like, that does not rejuvenate me. I was kind of, I'm a yes to things that are rejuvenating and joyful. And I'm a no to things that are draining and not fun. And that can be that simple of like, what is going to support you? Now I'm speaking again, as these were systems that supported my entrepreneurship in my business. And as a mother, you might be in a very different place and you might ask questions like, what are systems that are going to come in and support your business, which Katie and I also help our clients with as well. But those were really important. Like They are very important and sometimes even underutilized. Like people will only think, well, I added somebody to my team or I added a new bookkeeper or I added a new accountant or a lawyer or something like that. And it's like, no, but what about how are you functioning too as the entrepreneur? One thing that I did this year too, as well as I actually added a lot of new technological systems. So CRM systems, client management systems that I had in the past that were okay. And it's almost like I know if anybody listening, you switch a system and then it's just sort of like this overhaul and almost like you don't want to switch always because there's sort of this pain of learning a new system and there's a learning curve around it and getting all the clients over or all the emails over or whatever you're bringing over into the new system. And sometimes we actually avoid that. And I actually avoided it for years going to new software in a couple areas of my business because it's almost like I had to decide and go like, this is not working for me anymore. This is not going to work for me in the future. So what is required? So it can be something as simple as that. And at the same time, I want to also say systems are, especially technological systems, none of them are going to save you. So if you're expecting like a system to be like better and save your business, that is not going to occur. But there's definitely better systems that tend to be more beneficial if you're growing in your business or you need almost like even some kind of software that answers questions for people and stuff like that. So I actually did an overhaul also in my website design. I know, Andrea, you did too as well. And it's like those systems are here to support you and you need to identify like where that is, where is the link that needs to be amplified going forward. And I think that is a skill set that we develop as an entrepreneur to actually see where the gap is and then where that gap needs to be implemented to break that barrier to the next level of success. 
And I would say this is something Katie and I are very good at, to be honest. We help our clients with this exact thing. Sometimes it's hard to see where that spot is. Like I'm thinking of a client, she's an acupuncturist, waiting list, very successful, and also has kids. She would love to be home an extra day. You know, I think she's in the clinic three days, home four, she would like an extra day, just in the clinic two days. And we talked about adding an associate. And at first she was like, uh, you know, like, oh, and I was like, would that double your income, if not more? And she was like, yes. There were some blocks, some beliefs, some, you know, finding the the right person, that type of stuff. And then by the end of our call, it was like, it was very clear. That's a person. Sometimes you're adding a person, an associate, because there's four extra days that someone could come in and be adding to your income. I know Katie adds, helps her clients individually add systems into what things might be really working and having that different perspective to say, what is that required? Sometimes it will be with your individual body. Other times it will be adding, totally forgot, like I definitely added bookkeeping. I added a website this year, added a lot so that it can be simpler and also have that capacity to triple an income. I was going to also say too, is it's almost like that term of like in your genius, right? And that's like so overused now as well. But if you're not allowing yourself to be good at what you're good at in your business and doing like all these sort of tasks that other people can do, that could even make it easier. And then you can actually be in that zone of excellence. It keeps you often in that barrier. It kind of keeps you below that. And then when you make the decision, you have all the things in your mind, like you're talking about with the associate. Oh, it's going to be hard to find somebody. It's so hard to find good work. It's blah, you know, I don't have the systems in place. I don't have the contracts in place. And it's like, well, that's a barrier for you because that actually could allow you to do A, what you want to do in the next year. And then B, if you need to replace or even double that, then that's what's required. So it's it goes almost into the systems and also a little bit into the limiting beliefs too, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Anything else with that one? I think that's it. It's a big one. I mean, that is a big one. I think that's somewhere that Katie and I really shine in helping people find their gaps. The next one we want to bring up is time, energy, and money. You'll find these are starting to interweb together. What do you hear people say the most? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy and I don't have enough money. Those are big barriers to your success. And that's something that we want to, we see the benefit in addressing. Time is so big. And especially if you have families and knowing that bigger dream. Again, this is dreams to dollars. And if you have a dream, it's likely that your family is included in that dream. And I have time that I'm devoted in my business. And I have time that I'm devoted to my family. And I have time that I'm devoted to myself. And those all matter. You know, I've worked in the corporate world where I was an urgent care doctor. So I've seen that you know, 24 clients in a day. I know what that 15 minute clinic session is like. And I would say we have a pretty good sense of time. And also that time is what we make it. Time is technically doesn't exist. We can stretch time, we can shrink time. And the more we tell ourselves we don't have time, the more time you will not have. Also, time is to me like the most valuable asset because that's not something that we can collapse time, make it go faster, make it feel shorter. It's all relative to how we feel. But at the same time, for me, it's always like that's the most valuable asset for me that I can never get back. I can get money back. I can get my energy back. 
it's almost like, well, I would even put this in somewhat like you can start to think about order. Like if you're an entrepreneur and you're like worried about investing or whatever, you don't have the cash flow you want, then you're worried about money. So you're like thinking about money, worrying about money, but money is so disposable. Like money comes and money goes. I want to say like, don't let money drive your decisions necessarily. Let your time drive your decisions because that's not something you're ever going to get back. And I do find like energy sort of the same way. Like we may have ebbs and flows of energy as long as you have like sustainable energy and you're not like burnout and getting up in the morning and not waking rested and not going to sleep at night, you know, then you may have to work on that energy. But these are all barriers. And this is what we wanted to say where you're utilized. We make them a barrier. I don't have enough time. Well, if you don't have enough time, then you need to hire out. You need to delegate out. If you don't have enough time, you need to create more systems in your business that give you back your time. You need to block your time. Like Andrea was saying, going like, this is my time in my business. Like, don't let it get merged with the rest of your stuff. That's really easy to do, especially if you have an online-based business or you work from home or something like that. That's really easy to merge. And then when it comes to energy, you're like, well, I only have so much energy during the day and I only can do so much. You're almost letting your energy be your barrier. And then money can be the same way. Well, I can't invest because I don't have the money. What it take to get the money for you to do that without going into maybe debt or whatever your value? Some people value saying that, you know, we'll utilize debt to make more money. Like there's so many opportunities out there. But when it comes to this stuff, I want to see like the underlying theme is like, choose what's most valuable to you. Set the time, for example, like literally, like set that around that. Like this matters to me. Time matters to me. So I'm going to set my business up. So time is my most valuable asset. And energy and money, they come and go. It's energy. Like you need more energy. Well, allow yourself to have more rejuvenation time. So you can actually look at these three aspects and go like, what is my biggest barrier right now? It could be money. You're like, I can't invest in that. Well, that's your problem right there then money is your problem. So you can actually choose and recognize what's your barrier to success and then get curious about that barrier and go like, well, how can I do my time better? How can I do my money better? How can I do my energy better? Yeah. And values, the word values kind of comes into this. What are your values around each one? And prioritize, just like Katie said. It sounds weird, but this can be fun. And the more you get really clear on it, I think what we find with our clients is, When there's clarity, it can move so much faster. But people sometimes aren't willing to get clear on money. They avoid it. People aren't willing to get clear on the time because they like get into stuff like we have built six figure businesses online. This is my business. I can do most of my business from this thing. Now, Zoom calls not as fun from a phone, but like if I had to, I could. Now, that takes like, I don't like the words shifting my word from strict, but that takes devotion to say like, okay, like I'm still not going to scroll. Scrolling does not build my business. So I have eliminated most scrolling out of my business. Katie and I will see what people are up to and we'll, that does help our business planning sometimes, but really getting clear on each of these topics will help you create that foundation and start to break even more of these barriers. And we want to end with another one that is very powerful that we both, Katie and I both experience and we help each other through. And we also, you know, we think it plays a lot into business and barriers of success. And that can be, look, so it's kind of twofold. We have named this emotional regulation and relationships play into that. So Katie, take us deep dive into this for us a little bit. 
Yeah. So it's almost like the emotional regulation and the cultivation of the CEO because our emotions as humans, they wax and wane. You wake up and you're tired and then you're happy in the day and then you may be sad for a minute and then you're angry. And then like there's these emotional, they're not even like outbursts, but I'm saying like emotional feelings, right? They're feelings that we feel throughout the day. Now, when you're sort of what I would say like a baby CEO and you haven't been in business very long, a lot of times we can be emotionally dysregulated in our first years of entrepreneurship because there is a lot of ups and downs and there's a lot of it's sort of like this wild ride, like a roller coaster where you, you know, you get a client and then they cancel and then you get through the door, then you deal with crappy clients. And then like, you're like, I want to give up. Is this even working? Like you can go through this emotional dysregulation, but as you cultivate more of you, eventually your emotions tend to be more regulated, right? We don't go into such highs of like, super like optimism and then getting way let down and then almost like then getting pessimistic and then basing decisions based on our emotions tend to be, I want to say like they aren't always the best decisions in business. When you can make a decision from when you're emotionally regulated in your business or you're emotionally regulated, they tend to be more sound decisions versus making a decision because you're angry and then you're like, I'm going to implement this because of that. Like there's like an emotional regulation that takes place within the entrepreneur that doesn't allow as much for these like really big ups and downs. Now, it's not always true. It depends on your emotional stability and your own like working through yourself and your emotions, right? Everybody's a little bit different on this, but I do find with most when you begin entrepreneurship, there's like much more ups and downs as you start to stabilize and even like your income stabilizes, you go to higher levels, your emotional regulation tends to be regulated more, right? Instead of a lot of dysregulation. Now that's not always true. So if you have not really worked on this emotional regulation, you can be at very high levels of entrepreneurship and being flying off the handle and doing these like crazy decisions and stuff like that. So it's not always like an equals, but it does tend to be a lot more smooth and I would say like less frustrating, like everything can be figured out kind of journey when you have more emotional regulation at higher levels. Yeah, absolutely. I think like at that initial online building is like, there's this dopamine rush. Oh, people didn't like my posts or, oh, you know, they're like, when we can shift from that dopamine to more of a stabilizing serotonin, oxytocin, like knowing it's coming, knowing you have a foundation, knowing that like, whether or not somebody likes that post, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to show up tomorrow. I'm going to share my thing. I'm going to, whatever it is, we really want you, well, all of us to be in this steady, you know, Katie and I talk a lot about like the sustainability of a business and what are those sustainable emotions? Like the emotions of like the lottery, I'm going to win the lottery and all of a sudden I'm going to get all the clients all in one day and everyone's going to like my post and all of a sudden it's going to, you know, whatever it is. That dopamine rush and hit that can happen with having an online business, that gets pretty draining. And so we do want to balance it kind of, you can even do this a little energetically with more serotonin and oxytocin. That's appreciation. That's looking at like what is working, what's flowing right now, getting into gratitude. Those emotions will help you regulate and then make even better choices. Like it is working. I'm. It's in flow. Like you're not dependent on... Did people like that post where you sold something or did somebody buy from that post? And if they didn't, then that's something's probably wrong or whatever that is. We see that a lot in that beginning phase of the entrepreneurial journey and where we want people to be and where we like to thrive is more of that like balanced serotonin 
oxytocin, which can be much more of that appreciation, gratitude. Absolutely. It's much more sustainable. And also, I wanted to mention this too as well, just on this, which is on topic. But if you also see a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people are in groups in the entrepreneurial journey, and you'll see uh, people that have a lot of emotional dysregulation where there's a lot of inspirational bombing, and then there's kind of this low, and then there's a high, there's a win, and then there's low. You can also remove yourself, right? If you feel like there's almost like an emotional dysregulation and you're comparing or you're competing. And there's kind of this icky feeling where you feel like almost like you're dysregulating because you're in groups like this. Like I always recommend also removing yourself from spaces like that, especially if you have empathic qualities, because you're going to absorb that. I don't want to be in groups like that. I want to be in groups where people are emotionally mature and emotionally regulated. Like even if something happens, like it's figure outable, like there's going to be a provision, like it's okay if you feel disappointment, they're going to have a high again, like we're going to have another win. Those are the spaces that you want to be in. And even in this podcast, that's the space that we cultivate, not the other. The other is such a high and low, and it can be super exhausting for your nervous system. I love that you said that. If I'm on a launch, I will snooze people. Snooze people that are kind of a distraction. I don't need to block anyone, but sometimes when I'm really focused, I'll snooze some people. I get really focused on, you know, not scrolling and not being in the places where I'm criticizing myself or judging myself or, you know, I kind of like you got to keep that vibe up when you are in a launch or you're opening a new program and I love what Katie said, like leave the places or if you're you like the person but you just want to kind of like tune out, tune out some things, then snooze is a great thing to do in social media. So let's also, Katie, go into relationships because we see this as such a key. I know this is a little bit longer. These are big topics, but we see this as such a key factor within ourselves and our other clients of relationships can be a barrier to success. You know, I've experienced it personally. I've shared openly about it as well, that there are some relationships in my life that have really supported me and my online journey of moving from a clinic into what I do now online, which I help people's bodies thrive as they're building businesses and really bring the meridian work to the online world and just more people. And it can be really hard sometimes when you're starting the entrepreneurial journey and you have relationships where people don't understand what you're doing or like, why would you leave the clinic behind? What's, you know, like there's a lot that can happen. And sometimes when you build online, it's finding community. It might not be those closest to you that support you as you would hope. It might be that they don't understand. It might be that there's a communication gap and you can also kind of build that, the relationships up around you that can support you through that too, right? So if it's not, sometimes we even had clients where it wasn't a spouse didn't understand or they weren't as directly supportive or mom and dad of there's family members that don't understand. I have clients where their sisters kind of creep in and are kind of snippy and, you know, whatever that is. And it can be hard and it can be a a bit of a grieving process. And also if this is part of your dream and your vision and your mission, it's okay to keep going. And I would say it's surprising when I stepped into this world, my partner didn't necessarily understand It's been a place of having to explain why I would do this and why I would leave a clinic and and how it's taken years for my partner to understand. And some people, I just didn't really need them to understand. But what I did do is I built a sisterhood of other colleagues that are successful doing their work. And 
where I could really lean in and do my work and also heal myself so that I could heal these barriers to success. Because to me, it was important. Being online was something, once I was in the clinic on my own, in my own business, I knew there was more. And so I knew that when I went online, this was exactly my divine step that I needed to take. And it wasn't for me to necessarily convince or get approval from. It was 2020. It was like this total burning. <laughs> I was like freaking Phoenix, you know, like having to do it and jump and leap and just be like, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but I'm going to do it. I'm jumping because I didn't really have another option. And some relationships were so incredible and I built new relationships and some were not what I would have wished. And I still kept going because it was like, you couldn't have dragged me back to a clinic. So it was tricky to have people in your world that don't necessarily see your vision. And if you know, this is the path, find your community, know that there is support. This is also something Katie and I really do as we build community We want your dreams to thrive and be in a place. And we obviously add the realism, the steps, the systems, the work that is required for that dream to thrive. And it can be hard. And it's also 99% of the time, absolutely worth it. You know, you can also choose like what you talk to certain people about, even with relational. It's not always like, I will say, like burning the bridges and you're like, well, this person doesn't support me. Or I'm not saying that you were doing this, Andrea, but sometimes people can be like, this person doesn't support me. So maybe it's like, well, I can't share that with them. But you do need to, I would say like, I don't want to say anybody needs to or has to do anything, but I do think that it's important and somewhat required when you break the barrier of success to be around people that think a lot like you and they're able to share your big vision, even if it kind of seems crazy, right? Like I've been called crazy many times in my life for probably multiple reasons. And a lot of times (laughs) by people that don't understand what I stand for, or what I'm about. And I'm okay with that when I'm actually okay with that. And I also surround myself with people that are also somewhat crazy that they're willing to be called a black sheep or go against the norm or be like a maverick in their profession and to be called crazy, like that's okay. But if you're around people where being called crazy is like, because they're a bunch of people pleasers or this or that, then that's probably not the group that you want to be around because it tends to drag you down energetically. It doesn't mean that they're bad people, but there's times in our lives that we have to go like, I want to surround myself with the people that are going to support me in my dreams, but they're also going to tell me when I'm like, hey, by the way, this could be better or something like that. They're still like honest, right? And direct and not really necessarily critical, but willing to say like, hey, you could probably do this differently. Like, oh my God, they're there to support you, not to criticize you, I want to say. And I do feel like if you think about like the most successful people, whatever we say financially, they have to surround themselves with advisors and people that are going to help them get to the spaces that they want to get to. They're not going to surround themselves and get advice from people that aren't doing that. That's just the reality of our world. Yeah. The word that comes up when you're talking is selective sharing. It's like selective sharing where you can build your dream and you're selectively sharing. Can people hear about your dream or can they not? And it's okay. It's like, we think we have to be 100% all the time, but you can selectively share with that. So this is a huge thing. And I would say that this is also something Katie and I are really good at is creating that my kids just came in. So having the community where you can build that dream. And that's really what Katie and I are creating as well together. Yes, absolutely. 
Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dreams to Dollars podcast. If you vibe with our content and want to find out how to work with us, check out our show notes for the links.